Hey there, welcome to the Product Hive Podcast. On this episode, we're bringing you the presentation from our product event, where you'll hear from Kelly May. Kelly is currently the Director of Product at Help Scout. Negotiation can be stressful and overwhelming, and most people don't have a lot of experience negotiating. The combination of stress and lack of understanding leads people, especially women, leaving money on the table and not being paid what they are worth, which has long-term effects on their life and the world. This presentation will cover core mistakes people make, knowing your value, how to ask for what you deserve, and the long-term effects of powerful, healthy negotiation. A big thanks to Lucid for hosting this meetup. So now, let's hear Kelly May's talk, Take the Stress Out of Salary Negotiation. I'm Kelly, pronoun she, her. Yeah, I've been at Help Scout for a little while now, but we'll start here with an agenda. Here's what we're going to cover today. So I'll give a little bit of an intro background. Then we're going to dive into data. I'm a product nerd, have been for a while. You always start with data. So we're going to start with data. Then we'll go into negotiation basics. That'll be the meat of the presentation. I really want to dive in deep into negotiation, why it's important, and how you can build some skills around it. Then we're going to go into common mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes negotiating early in my career, and I've learned a lot since then. I'm still learning, but we're going to talk about key mistakes that people make. Then I'm going to quickly touch on rethinking negotiation. I have a moral conflict with this presentation because I very much want to help people negotiate better, but I also want to stop some bad practices that companies do with negotiation. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. And then I'm going to save time at the end of the presentation for Q&A. So hold questions. I definitely want to get into it and have a real like nerdy conversation. So write down questions. We'll totally have time for that. Okay. Interim background. First of all, like they said, I've been in tech for a little while. I recently transitioned to Help Scout, which is a SaaS company. We are in the customer support space. The reason I moved over to Help Scout, I worked at Podium previously transitioned over to Help Scout. And the main reason I moved over there is because of their mission and actually how they're set up as a company. We're a certified B Corp. We have a very different focus. We are not focused on hyper growth. We are not focused on a big exit. I'm sorry, but I'm over it. I love that tech is growing. I love the innovation. I'm sick of like the unhealthy work environment and mental health issues that it's causing. I was like, I got to do this differently. Who's a company that is thinking a little bit bigger than just their own ecosystem and their own stock? So I found Help Scout, incredible corporation focused on broader impact across the world. We are in the support space, competitors, Zendesk, Intercom, you've heard of many of them. We're in that space and I genuinely love it day to day. A little bit personally, this is my life in a nutshell. First of all, my two girls, they are my world. We're obviously a very serious family. As you can see, our dog Sarge and my partner Heather, she is genuinely one of the raddest humans and the love of my life. We are an adventure family. As you can see, I'm holding my bike. I'm a child at heart and probably forever will be. So a little bit about me. Okay, data. So diving into a few things here, only 39% of people actually negotiate a job offer blew my mind a little bit. Even further, 
the majority of women, 60% of women say they've never negotiated an offer. That's like disturbing, right? Because if you look at the point below it, negotiating your starting salary can make a million dollar difference in your life. Large amount of money. <laughs> I grew up very poor. And a million dollars to me, and I think to anyone, is a lot of money. It may not be what it used to be, but that's a big amount of money in being able to further invest, having more people on angel investments, continuing to grow in tech. Attrition. The most common cause of employees leaving a company is compensation. What's even more disturbing is that the average cost of losing an employee is 33% of their annual salary. So basically, if you have an employee that's, hey, I'm not being paid at market, and that increase would be like 10 to 15%, and that feels like a lot, it's actually not. You're saving yourself money by putting people where they should be paid. Last stat here, 84% of employers expect you to negotiate. This is a normal thing. You're not being greedy. You're not stepping on toes. They expect you to negotiate. They sent you an offer expecting a discussion to find a common ground so that the company is happy and so are you. Okay, so let's dive in. We're going to take a little bit of a journey with negotiation. First part, where do you start? Be educated, right? Do your research. Dive in, look up industry standards. I'll provide some links in different places that I usually look at, but dive into the internet a little bit. There is tons of information that you can look up what the industry standard is for your position. You can look at local and nationwide benchmarks. Look at your number of years of experience. At Help Scout, we gauge off of Boston and Seattle. We know that California is a little bit high of the market and that there's other areas that are too low. Those are the two that we found that are the most centered for the industry that we are in. So do research. This is the first step in a really effective negotiation as you're starting to look at jobs so that you know what you're worth and what you should be paid. Also talk to a few people. I don't know why we're so scared about talking about money, but Talk to people you're close to in the space and in the industry. I now have many friends that I would totally call and be like, hey, Kayla, tell me if this is way off. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, that's off. Talk to people. It's okay to talk. Be open. Be, be transparent with things. Okay. You've done your research. You know what you should be paid. Now you're going to start talking to recruiters. As you talk to recruiters, usually there's that initial call and they're like, hey, what are you expecting pay-wise? Throw it back on them. Say, what is your range for this position? You're looking for a senior product manager. What is your range? They know their range. It's in their budget. I've done yearly predictions for my entire year. I know my budget for my hires this year. So my recruiter does because I give it to the recruiter. <laughs> Just ask them. If they don't want to give it to you, you've done your research. Don't give an exact number. Try to give a range. Again, number one, try to push it back on them. If they push back a little bit, at least give a range so that you have something to work with in your negotiation. Question I always get is what if they ask what I'm making now? I'm paid under what I should be or I'm paid even less because I'm a woman or a person of color or minority and I know I'm being underpaid. I always tell the recruiter, one of the reasons I'm looking and talking to other companies is because I'm underpaid compared to the market. 
So I want to be within this range because that's the market standard. Again, flip it back. Don't give them an exact number. If you give them what you're making now, you're going to forever play catch up. The only way I was finally able to get to the point of where I should be paid is by doing this and saying, what is the range for the position? I know the industry. I have been in the position at companies where I found out that my male counterparts were making 20% more than me and were doing the same job. It's not okay. Okay. You talked to the recruiter. You liked them. You did the whole interview process. I'm not going to go through all of that because that's not the focus of the presentation. But you went through the whole interview process and the recruiter calls you. You're so excited. You're like, oh my God, I totally got this offer. Fuck yes, this is amazing. Sorry, I swear a lot. I'm in Utah. Don't accept on the phone. That's a big mistake and we'll dive into that. Just thank them. Whether it's the hiring manager or the recruiter, say thank you so much. If you could please send over the official offer, I'll review it and get back to you in two to three days or whatever. I always ask them, okay, do you have a timeline that you'd like for me to get back to you by? Do not accept on the phone. The salary is one point of the offer. So many people accept on the phone and they leave way too much money on the table. This is usually a first written response that I just put templates in this and I'll share the presentation out. There's obviously many ways that you can do this. This is just my method, but it's purely, thanks so much for sending over the offer. The interview process was great. I'll review the details and get back to you. Super simple. They send over the offer. You're like, awesome. Now you have this long document, right? And you're like, holy shit. Where do I even start with this whole thing that they just sent over? Look at the salary. That's usually the first, people, first thing people look at because we all need money. We all want to live our lives and we all want to have a fun time doing it. So you look at the salary number, see if it's within that range that you gave them. Do you feel like it's healthy? Then look at long-term investments. Everyone always goes salary, health, and benefits, which is normal for a human, right? Basic needs. We have our hierarchy of basic needs. Am I covered with health and dental? I have kids. Is it a good dental plan? Like you want to look at those basic things. So many times we look past long-term investments that actually are way more beneficial. Look at their stock of what they're offering you. 401k. I've been at companies that don't match at all. I've been at companies that match 1% to 2%. I've been at companies that match up to 6%. That's free money. That can be a big long-term investment for you. Don't leave that on the table. Take that into consideration because especially as you're growing in your career, match 6% on a high salary, that's a lot of money. Look at your long-term gains. Also look at learning and education, professional development. That's a big one that I look at now. Who is my mentor? Do they have a budget for me to be able to go to conferences, to have someone who is sponsoring me, teaching me different skills? Very key as you continue to grow where you ultimately want to get to. I want to be the boss, not like a boss, right? So who do I need to teach me how to be the boss? Very important. Of course, look at health and dental. We talked about that. And then look at other benefits. Home office stipend, phone reimbursement, childcare costs. Earlier in my career, childcare costs were really important. I wasn't making as much. I had two little kids. They're adorable. I love them. Having them play in the background is not going to work for my focus. So childcare costs were pretty key. Now I don't look at that. They're in school full time. Not as important. So 
throughout your life, different things will become more important. But the point is to look at the full offer that you're getting from them. Okay. You get the full offer. You look at everything. Analyze it. We're all in tech. You don't just read a document or read a proposal. You read it and then you think about it. You analyze it. You ask questions. What is the salary increase compared to what you were making before? Does it actually barely put you into a new tax bracket that the government's just going to take your money and you're actually not taking home that much more? That sucks. Think about overall where you're at with your new salary gain. What are you giving up? I've made many moves now in my career and there's been many times that I'm like, okay, I'm okay giving that up because I'm having a bigger gain here and a long-term investment. Or, oh, they're not matching as much on the 401k, but my salary is higher and I could put more in it. Like you, you can think through your life a bit and think through what you're giving up and what long-term things you're getting in return, especially around happiness. Again, moving to Help Scout, I love what I do again. I'm happy. I have space. My mental health is much better. I have flexibility. I get to have lunch with my children. I get to go spend more time in the mountains. So fun. That's why I live in Utah. There's really not any other reason, quite honestly. The mountains are amazing and my family. Do you need flexibility? Do you need a minute? The world's been a little dark as of late and I would like a little more space in my life. <laughs> Think about that. What are you committing to with this company? What type of work environment do they have? Are they expecting you to be butts and seats? for a certain amount of hours. I'm sorry, I'm over that. A lot of companies are realizing it's not about hours. It's about work, quality of work, and efficiency of work. So think about that with who you're going to potentially get an offer with and sign an offer. Then reach out to people. Again, when I get an offer, I touch base with a few people like, hey, I'm considering this offer or I have these two different offers. Here's the pros and cons of this one, pros and cons of that one. What do you think? Me, you know who I am. You know what I want. What offer do you think I should take and why? Help me break this down. Analyze it. Poke at it for me. Poke holes that I wouldn't see because I'm so excited right now that I might get a new job. My brother just did this. He's graduating from school. He had a great position and then got reached out. Someone reached out to him for another one. He's help. what do I do? And I was like, tell me about the offers. What do you like about both? What do you not? Analyzed him. I'm like, call somebody now in your industry. Now call somebody else. And he talked to quite a few people. He ultimately went with a different decision than I would have gone with. But it actually made more sense. After he talked to multiple people and looked at the full offer, he's super happy. It was a great move for him. But he took a minute and just talked to people. <laughs> Communication. Like have them poke holes in it a bit. It's super, super helpful. Self-reflection. After you've talked to people, you've looked at the offer, you've analyzed it, talked through it, go find some quiet. The world is so loud. And even though it may be all stuff that you love, like life is loud. So I run to the mountains. Like my partner knows that at this point. I'm just like, I need a mountain minute. And I, I, I go find space on my own. I'm usually on my bike or I put on my running shoes and I just think. It's quiet. It's just me. No one is talking to me. No little kids are touching me. It's just me on my bike and I can just have clarity of thought. Why do I want to take this offer? Why am I excited about it? Am I nervous about it? How will it help me grow? How is this ultimately helping me get to where I want to go? Or is it purely just about money? What are your core drivers as a human? Everyone has different drivers. My main driver is impact. 
That's why I love Help Scout. It's the day-to-day conversations. Yes, we're talking about product and I get to rumble with a bunch of different people on how we should do that. But the high level is about impact of people, impact of the product, businesses, and the environment. Okay. You've reflected. You like feeling spiritually zen, right? You're like, hey, I've done all the work on this. You need to respond. (laughs) They need to know how you're feeling about the offer. Remember that they offered you the position. So many people forget this. They're so nervous to respond back and ask for more. And it's they just spent so much money interviewing all these people. And they offered it to you. They want to bring you on board for a reason. So remember that you don't have to justify your negotiation with personal details. You're just asking and keep this in mind that the company is lucky to have you. Why are you worth bringing onto the company? Remember your worth. So now we have our other templates. I usually respond back, say, hey, I reviewed the offer. I have a few questions. You're not saying yes yet. This is very key to call out. You do not say yes yet. You're just asking questions. First, does company offer this? It's not major to us. Second, can you give more details around this? Whatever doesn't feel clear, just ask questions. That's it. Just ask a bunch of questions. They'll get back to you, right? They'll usually get together. Oh yeah, here's more details about the health plan. Here's more info about our long-term investments. Here's a few things in the next year. Our people team, our HR team, they're actually going to be putting into benefits. They can give you more insights that may not be in the initial offer. Then you look all of that over and you're like, cool, now I have all the details of things that I was missing. Respond back very simply. Thank you so much for answering all of my questions. Focusing on other perks and benefits instead of phone stipend or whatever benefit it was. That's just an example. It's great to hear you're all reevaluating this. After doing a final review of the offer, would you be able to do X amount for the annual salary and this many RSUs or stock? Because that's pretty typical in the tech space. That's it. Just ask. There is so many stories that I hear over and over that if people just ask, the company's usually willing to do it. It was one of the Utah Tech conferences. I don't remember which one, but it was pre-COVID. So what is time? But Sukinder Cassidy was sitting on a panel and she was talking about working at Google and they wanted her to move into a VP position. And at the time she had young kids and she was going to have to travel a lot because it was a global position. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is like such a cool career opportunity. I really want to do this. Talked to her partner. He was like, yeah, you have to do this. This is like your dream job. And she's yeah, but like, we want to raise our kids. And like, I want to be here with you and I want to be present in our life. So she went back to Google and said, hey, I want to take this, but here's what I would need in order to make this happen. I would need for you to pay for a nanny for me to fly with my nanny to these different locations and bring my kids when I do these longer stints that are over a week time. And she was like, I was scared shitless. (laughs) Like I'm going to Google saying, basically you need to pay for my nanny and a flight for my nanny and all tickets for my kids and create like a beautiful experience for us traveling around the world. They came back and they were like, yeah, no problem. That was it. And I was like, huh. She was like, I just had to ask. But so many times, Jeremy and I were just talking about it. We feel greedy or we feel like it's too much. It's your life too. What are you giving up? Just being like, yeah, okay. Versus what they need to do for you too. So that it's a partnership. Okay. 
common mistakes. Not negotiating. That's the number one. We talked about that. Always negotiate unless the company has good practices, which we'll talk about at the end. Don't assume you shouldn't negotiate. Always negotiate. Research. Do your research. Do not get on a call with a recruiter without knowing the pay range. It's just not smart because then you're setting yourself up for an awkward conversation where they're saying, hey, where do you feel? What are your expectations with the salary? And then you're like, what are yours? And you want to be educated. You don't want to be caught in a weird conversation of not knowing your worth. And again, don't just focus on the salary. If there's something I can pound home, the salary is one part. We all know money is just one aspect of life. And the long-term money, your health benefits, your overall life needs to be considered with the salary offer. Position. Don't tell the employer your lower, your lowest acceptable figure. Don't do it. Most companies are still greedy and they're like, cool, we can get this person for this lowest acceptable offer instead of what we feel they're actually worth. Sucks, but it's true. Tithing. Many people quickly decline an offer if they feel like the salary is pretty off. They're like, oh, this company didn't meet my expectations. I'm just going to decline it. Don't do that. A lot of times there can be miscommunication. I've had that happen. A lot of times if you just respond back of, hey, this is lower than what we had talked about. Is there a reason for that? Or this is the lower end of the range that you gave. Looking at the full offer, I think I should be here. Can you do that? They'll still negotiate. Don't just throw it off the table initially. Don't rush your decision. Again, take that time, whatever you need to do to be able to really think about it and talk to people. Take the time that you need. Companies, one of the things that honestly kind of infuriates me and it takes a lot to get me mad, but I hate when companies are like, we need to know now. And I'm like, really, are you a doctor? Is someone dying on the table? Because I thought we built tech. No one's dying. Like this is really going to be okay if you don't get an answer like right now. Take a breath. Tell them to take a breath. We have a personal philosophy at Help Scout. We wait for the right people. I still remember talking to the recruiter. I was like, hey, I really want to come over. I can't really come over till this date. Is that okay? And she was like, yeah, why wouldn't it be? And I'm like, it's tech. We're like, hair's on fire all the time. We had to run around a million times an hour. She's like, we finally found the right person. You're who we want. When can you start? Huh. That was really nice. I'm a person and I was treated like one. That's really nice. So like, it's okay pause. It's all right. Don't verbally accept the offer. We talked about that. Don't do it. Say thank you. Look at the offer. Put it in writing. I always go back to this. So many times I think as adults, we forget where we're trying to go. You get so caught up in just the day-to-day life of the long list of things you have to do, things you're trying to get done, trying to get a little bit of sleep in the meantime and find some fun that you forget where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do. Pause for a minute. Where are you trying to get to? How is this position getting you there? Is it getting you there? It's okay if it's something that I've gone into a company taking a role back. I did that at Help Scout. Um, I was like, you know what? This is where I want to go. I'm going to take a role step back because I know that this is a place that I have a really good trajectory up. And it was the right move. It's okay. Think about where long term you want to go. Okay, company side of things. We need to rethink negotiation a bit. So if you're on the company side, you have the ability to change how your company does negotiation and recruiting. 
listen, equal pay for equal work. It's not hard. This is not difficult. It's not rocket science. Look at the market. Know what you should be paying people. If you're hiring for a senior product manager, hire a senior product manager and have your range for anyone applying. It's that simple. Obviously, some senior PMs can have more years of experience. I have a 10,000 range for my senior PMs. So it's like, cool. Some of mine, they have a few more years of experience and we're at the top of that range. 10,000 range is healthy. 30 is not. It's discrimination, in my opinion, being perfectly blunt. Try to just publicly show your pay levels. Again, I don't know why we're so scared. In my opinion, from what I've seen, a lot of companies don't want to display these because they have discrepancies. Most of the companies I've worked at that won't post it is because they don't want to post it for good reason. If they looked at it, they would see, oh, we have some gaps and that looks really bad and we could get sued. Put it on the job description. Now going forward, all of our job descriptions, the range is on it. PM, this is the range. Senior PM, if you apply, this is the range. Then when our recruiter gets on the phone call, we don't even have to talk about it. Just, hey, this is the range that was posted. We good there? Yeah. Cool. Let's keep talking. You can remove it from the table. With that, negotiation can be taken off the table a bit, which is really nice because as we saw in the data at the very beginning, a lot of women specifically won't negotiate. They've never been taught how to do it. They're nervous to do it. Again, it's something that skills need to be built in general. Just take it off the table. When I applied at Help Scout, they were like, hey, this is the salary for this position. It's like, cool. I went in trying to negotiate and they were like, no, we don't negotiate because it creates gender pay gaps. We've done enough research. This is the pay for this position. And I was like, huh. I built up all these skills around negotiation and now I can't use them. And I was like, but I actually agree with this. I fully support, I accept. It was wonderful. It was like, this is so great. I don't have to hope that I'm like getting the best for what I'm worth. I know that everyone on my team is making the same number. When I moved to now lead that team and I know all of their salaries, I can honestly say they are all at the same level. It's so comforting to not look at something and be like, oh, this feels gross. I need if you could please. Just post oh, that message you about the market. You can look it up in four or five different ways. It's B-O-N-I. So just put it on the job description. And Avery saw Dr. Hirsch. Keep in mind at the company side of things, employees don't have to stay. Treat them like people. We all know in this room, we're all being hit up on LinkedIn every day. LinkedIn is a semi-okay product, but we all get hit up on LinkedIn. You get messages. People can leave in the tech space. Engineers especially. They don't need to stay with you. Pay them what they're worth. Pay designers what they're worth. Pay people at the company what they should be being paid. It's going to save you a lot of money in the long run, especially getting people up to speed on context of the company and the product. Like people are purely thinking this is a 15% pay bump. It's okay. That just saved you 18%. And you're going to have to spend the next six months to nine months fully ramping someone up to the context that someone else has. It's just don't pay people what they're worth based on the market. Lastly, as an employee, just communicate. The market's changed. Talk to your manager. Say, hey, when I came on board, I felt like my salary was appropriate. The market has changed. I've been here for this amount of time. I'm requesting that you'd evaluate my salary and see where you feel it should be at based on the market and the work that I've done. 
super healthy conversation. I've had bosses that are like, oh yeah, we can totally do that. Went and evaluated it, brought it back. We talked through it. I've also had other situations where they're like, sorry, no. Okay, no problem. Went and looked for a new job. They just lost 33% of my salary. It's just the reality. People want to be paid what they're worth. Cool. Pause there. And that's a lot of information. Questions. Let's see. I know there's a bunch that came in via Zoom. If we want to start there or Jeremy, do we want to start with the... Okay, let's see. Eight years of marketing with my own agency, which includes website design. As a designer, how should I negotiate that experience into my pay? Let's see. I'm coming from my own agency. Okay. Honestly, experience is experience. Unless you're shifting from like graphic design to user experience design, that could be different skills. But overall, I still consider that experience because you're within the same space. I would negotiate overall, just again, the general market for that space of marketing. Take a look, do the research, see what that band is so that you can know your worth as a designer in that space. Yeah. So with what you just said there, that last part of what you said, I missed a little bit of it. Coming over from marketing, eight years of designing websites, you were saying. Yeah. Like in this case, because they're in marketing and they, oh, this is you. Great. Hi. I was like, perfect. Hi, David. Yeah. If you have eight years of marketing with your own agency and that included web design, then I would just look at how much you were doing the design side of marketing and think about the number of years of experience and then look at the industry for what industry you're going into. So if you're wanting to go into more of the designer route, look at pay bands for designers. And specifically look at if you're wanting to get into web design versus like user that makes sense. Possible. And look at those and be like, okay, I want to get into web design tomorrow. online. Look at that research. I feel like I probably have sure. those years were heavily web design years. Or if, yeah, especially if you did a boot camp too, say it's a little bit of bull where it's okay. I did this boot camp. I have design experience. Now I want to make a transition into UX design, user experience design. Essentially, I tell people to try to find, even if they can, at entry-level UX design, because that's a great way to start with it. Because it's like, you have someone that has the design, like knowledge of a design, like ecosystem and how to design. Now you have that boot camp. try to get into that entry-level position and work up in specifically UX design. So I would research basic, like entry-level positions. I feel like when I first started, it was like, there was always that like year cliff, right? I'm also, and it was always a four-year vest. Every company now that I've been with has been a little different. A lot of them still maintain some type of cliff because they don't want you to come in, get a shit ton of stock and then walk away. So yeah, like I, I think overall, just looking at the company too, a lot of companies, many people get rich and the rest of the people don't. And so as precisely why. Yeah. So what is your position to look at that? Like for you, okay, this company has this vesting schedule. How many RSUs am I getting? Is it really worth it? Long term. So you'll definitely want to look at the vesting schedule for sure. Mine, it was really interesting because in previous positions had way more stock than I do at Help Scout, but Help Scout stock is significantly different because we're a B Corp and we have a long term board. So very different past companies that I've worked with. The board is looking for big gains at a short period of time and a big payout. Our board isn't. They actually are very different in how we work with them. So my stock 
every time we take a round, our stock is actually paid out to employees. So we recently took a round. People got a big cash payout on their stock, even though we're not public. Look at, to your point, look at what the stock is. That's helpful. Thanks. Yeah. It's good to know that. Yeah. I think companies are starting to play with different things like that because, again, I don't like trapping employees. <laughs> it just feels messed up. Yeah. So if I get that interview and I get that job offer, should I just run with it or can I still negotiate? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I would say overall, like sometimes it can feel saturated. I would still negotiate because they still have a budget. So even if they are like considering a few people, they've still sent you an offer. So it's not like they've sent it to three people and they're like, okay, whoever comes in cheapest and doesn't negotiate, we'll give it to them. They still are like, hey, we want you to come on board. Also, COVID completely fucked up the entire market. Like now, it's not just cool, Utah tech is growing and everyone has to be in an office so we're fighting for talent. Now I don't look at Utah jobs. I don't know if I'll ever go back to working for a Utah in-office company. Look at the whole ecosystem. Like offices are so rad. Look at the space. Look how cool to work with the flexibility too of making sure that it's a company overall that you can look globally now and potentially work remotely, work one of the company's offices a few days a week or work fully in a company office if you like to. There's so much more flexibility with positions that people aren't just looking at companies where they're located. They're looking at companies across the world. Most of my team is in Europe. So in Europe, I have a much bigger pool of engineers and they're brilliant. So I don't think it's too saturated yet. Other questions? Okay. What is your opinion or your thought process about leveraging and get something better where you are? Yeah, good question. I only do it if I have to. I'm like a no bullshit, no games type of situation. But I was at a company where I was making less than male counterparts. Approached my boss about it. He was like, you negotiated. And I was like, oh, this feels really messed up. But he's also right. It is what I negotiated, but it's significantly less than male counterparts. So I started looking, got an offer. Once I got that offer, he was pretty keen to bump me where I should be. Then that was, oh, that's sad that I had to do that in order to be heard and seen. So I actually kept looking and I didn't take the initial offer that I had gotten because it wasn't something I was passionate about. But then I actually got the offer for Podium and it was even more than that one and ended up taking the Podium offer. And it was the right fit for my life at that time and met amazing people and it was great. So yeah, sometimes you do need to do that. And hopefully people are learning that people do that if they have to, but I only do it if I have to. My boss right now also is very much just like talk about money. She was like, Kel, if at any time you feel like you're not at where you should be, just tell me. Be like, hey, Mariah, industry has changed. This is where I feel I should be at. Think about it and let me know but that's where I feel I should be. And we actually did that once. It was about nine months ago. I was like, hey, I think it was appropriate at the time. Now that I've been diving in and doing this work and I'm really running the entire department, this is where I feel I should be. And she was like, yeah, I agree. I actually already started talking to LaToya about it. Give me two to three more weeks. It's like, cool. Came back. Feel like I'm where I should be. We have a question on chat. Cool. All right. So as an associate PM at a startup where I report to the CEO, I'm doing the work of a senior PM, most likely. It's my yearly review and I'm expected to get a raise, but I don't think I want. I didn't negotiate a promotion in a startup range and you're 50%. Ooh, that can be tricky. So if you are at a smaller company, 
they don't have a lot of practices in place or processes or documentation or things around what those levels are. Again, go back to re. So if you're an associate PM and you're trying to get to just a PM, look at what the market is for PM in your space for your size of company. That's a big thing too to look at is like a PM at a company for 10 people at a product that's still like finding product market fit and doesn't have a ton of customers yet. It's a little different than a thousand person company that has a huge product with multiple layers of the product. So if you're in this situation, look at the industry, take a look at how long you've been there. Then I would say, bring it up with your boss and say, hey, I've been here for X amount of time looking at the industry standard for our size of company and the work that I'm doing. This is where I feel I should be at. That's where you need to drive the conversation. Say, this is where I feel I should be at. Is that something you all can do? If they need to take a bit and go talk to whoever, totally fine. But put it on the table so that you don't feel like you're just sitting there unhappy. And also, a lot of people will just leave without having the conversation. A lot of times people will do that. Your boss or whoever will do that and say, oh, yeah, we can totally do that. We should have evaluated that sooner. So have the conversation. Cool. One on Zoom. <laughs> you're great. Yeah, I just, I see levels.fyi. I was just wondering if there's other ways to do the research. Yeah, you're saying. yeah, yeah. I'll provide a bunch of resources to product type. Glassdoor is a good one. I have a couple other ones like Radford Data is good. And I have a list that I'll put with my deck so I can share out with everybody. Cool. Cool. Actually, have you? Oh, on Zoom. Yep. More of a comment. That's much a question. But yeah. I think it's, I agree with you about talking because at the end of the day, your manager is not at your course. Totally. And so if you're not having that open conversation, leaving for no reason, then yeah. like you're really missing out on yet another opportunity about everyone else here, but I absolutely have to learn like all new yes. systems that go through the whole rear. <laughs> and so it's just better just have that conversation be good. And if it's not working, it's not working. I totally, no, I totally agree with you. And that's how I approach it. And my boss approached it. Please just tell me, I don't want to lose you. Right. Because one is manager. You don't want to hire somebody else because <laughs> it takes forever to go through hiring process. The amount of time of interviews that go on your calendar for hiring someone. But you're right. Managers aren't thinking about your specific pay day to day. They're doing their job. Just ask. Just talk to them about it. Let them know that you feel like you're being, you're unhappy with your pay or you want to have a discussion around pay. People usually show up to the conversation. I'm a person that still believes people are born good and that everyone has good in them. Give people the benefit of the doubt until they prove you otherwise. <laughs> Step up to the table, have a conversation. Yeah. What is your experience in negotiating days off? As most companies have pretty rigid rules regarding days off and time at the company, is this a common negotiation point? This one's hard because I feel like you have two sides of the coin. You either have a company that's like unlimited PTO, and then you have companies that are like, these are your days and you can't have any more than these. So that can be really hard. If it is a company that they have specific amount of days, totally throw that out as a negotiation thing. Say, hey, in the offer and for the company, it says that I have X number of days for PTO. However, I have this coming up or usually I take about this much PTO in a year. Is that something that I can negotiate with you? Ask. Totally ask. I've also had people ask me, okay, I'm going to be taking this offer. And within the first three weeks, I had a vacation planned. Tell them. 
that's fine. Like I've had people do that as I've hired people. They're like, hey, I want to come on board. But like a month from now, I already had a vacation plan. Like tickets are booked and everything. It's That's fine. Again, like people aren't dying on the table. Software is cool, but people can take a break. Like we let so many times adults, we don't take just sabbaticals for us. Take a break, take vacation, totally negotiate like days off. Um, the worst they can say is no, sorry. And negotiate other areas. Let's see. Phone versus email negotiation. Have you ever negotiated on the phone? It sounds like there are benefits to getting the contract in order to read it. But will that also mean that things might go back and forth asynchronously many times? There's a potential loss of back and forth that people might lose patience with many emails. Have you ever negotiated both ways? Great question. I have negotiated both ways. I like email to start because it's good to have things written down. A lot of times verbally, there can be miscommunication. Having things written is always good. But I do like that initial conversation with a recruiter. Then I usually email over once. If you feel like it's gone back and forth more than twice, then I do say, hey, do you want to just jump on the phone and we can answer some of these questions? I've totally done that. I usually do that with a hiring manager unless it's like benefit specific. But a lot of times it's like I would jump on with the hiring manager and be like, hey, what's been your experience around this with the company? Or can you explain more? around the PTO policy and how people take that at Help Scout. So you can definitely do both, but I never again verbally accept on the phone. And I always make sure that when I'm accepting, I do, even if I've talked to the recruiter, looked at the full offer, and then I'm going to jump on the phone with the recruiter again and accept, I always send a follow-up email and say, hey, it was great talking to you on the phone. Just wanted to confirm that I accept with this amount. And this is the start date. I'll send over the signed offer as well. Follow up with both, but you can totally do phone negotiation as well. Cool. Thanks so much, everybody. It's fun. Appreciate it. A big thanks to Kelly May for presenting. And again to Lucid for hosting the event. If you learned some things from Kelly's talk, be sure to share it with your team or share it on Twitter and mention us at product underscore hive. Sharing these talks is a great way to support Product Hive. As always, be sure to check out all our upcoming events. You can find them by searching for Product Hive on meetup.com. And while you're there, go ahead and join the group so you always get the latest updates. We also have a YouTube channel where you can find videos of all the past talks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your feed soon, and we'll see you at one of our next events. Thank you.